Welcome in a brand new clinical data management podcast with IBA. In the upcoming episodes, we'll bring you a sophisticated insight from various institutions that are involved in data management. Our guests are leading experts in data management, biotechnology, life sciences and digital health. They'll share with you their experience, best practices and maybe even more than that. Learn from the best. It's Clinical Data Management by IBA. Hello, data managers, data engineers, and all who are passionate about data and clinical research and healthcare. This is the fourth episode of the podcast program prepared by IBA, focusing on the best practices in clinical data management. Today, our main focus will be on data quality. And it's my big pleasure to chat with Antoine Pironet, a data scientist who is currently with Ardex Group, an innovator of tools for medical adherence from Belgium. Welcome, Antoine. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm fine. You? I'm fine as well. Well, Antoine, it's a big pleasure to have you here. Pleasure as well. Okay, thank you so much for joining me today. Before we jump into the data quality topic, Antoine, could you please fill our listeners in some of your background, please? Uh, yeah, sure. I, I'm, I have a master's degree in biomedical engineering. Uh, I did a PhD in uh, biomedical engineering, where the topic was a, a mathematical representation of the cardiovascular system. And then I worked for two and a half years at the Belgian Cancer Registry, which uh, collects cancer diagnosis in Belgium and publishes statistics about it. Mm-hmm. And then it's been two and a half years at Ardex Group, where I'm focusing on, on data uh, from our electronic uh, medication adherence systems. Mm-hmm. Data-driven adherence systems. Can you help me understand what it is and how is your job connected to medical data or clinical data management? So uh, at Ardex, uh, we manufacture uh, medication adherence devices, which uh, the, the most basic of it is a, a cap, an electronic cap that the patient puts on top of their medication bottle. Mm-hmm. And then the cap records each opening of the medication bottle. So it's, mm. a, it's a time timestamp at each uh, opening of the medication bottle. And this data then can be analyzed to see how and how well the patient took their medication. It's mainly used in, in clinical trials uh, to ensure that the patient correctly took the drug to make sure that the efficacy is correctly computed and com- correctly assessed. Okay, yeah, it's exciting that our companies have so much in common. Maybe I can give you one example from our projects and you can tell me if I am completely uh, wrong or maybe not. We at the IBA, Institute of Biostatistics Analysis, run tens of registries and real-world data projects, also some clinical trials. In one particular project in the field of endocrinology, we collect data on therapies using growth hormone performed in pediatric patients. And in order to evaluate the effect of the treatment, it was essential for the HCPs, for the healthcare professionals in the participating clinical sites to know the real adherence of uh, these pediatric patients as the children naturally adhere worse because it is an injection, simply it hurts. Luckily, the producers deliver their pharmaceuticals with smart devices maybe something like like your caps, but here these are smart injectors, 
which are storing the data about the actual doses. So we can have the ground truth. And our software developers were able to build interfaces to our EDC system, Clade IS. And through those application interfaces, our system now integrates with the databases of the producers. And thus, we are able to deliver the data about true adherence in a graphical format to the involved doctors and help them understand better the current status of a patient. Antoine, would you consider this as a good example of clinical data management helping the field of medical adherence? Yes, completely. And and it's it's very funny that you mentioned these these smart injectors, because it's actually uh, data we have been working with as well. So not in the data collection, because you are the ones performing it, but we've been analyzing such data as well to, to understand uh, how, how medication adherence works for, works for this specific uh, population of patients. So uh, besides our hardware, we've also got software and, and specific algorithms to analyze this very, very particular type of, of uh, medication adherence data, which, which you just mentioned, and, and data from smart injectors are very, very similar to, to what we collect using our, our smart caps. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. You mentioned that you are analyzing the data and I believe that the efficiency of each data analysis is heavily dependent on data quality, our topic for today. So the data quality impact clinical research outcomes or research outcomes in both controlled clinical trials and post-market surveillance practice. What's your approach to controlling or even enhancing the data quality? And how do you perceive the role of data management in it? Well, from my experience with our specific kind of data, um, data quality is actually much more related to the metadata. Um, the, the devices that we use, they timestamp each medication intake, so that's that's pretty basic. But you need, with the metadata, uh, an explanation for periods without medication intakes. Is this because uh, the patient uh, was sick? Is this because uh, the doctor told the patient to stop? Is there no reported reason? Uh, is there an, a hospital stay? Is there jail time? Uh, is there battery loss? There's plenty of explanations for a period without a medication intake. And this lies in the metadata and this needs to be correctly documented. Otherwise, you risk making assumptions about the patient being non-adherent, which is actually not true. Mm -hmm. Okay, metadata. So uh, it sounds like very similar to ECRF, which we are using in clinical trials for data understanding. Yeah. Because we need to, to describe each data item with a kind of clinical variable or parameters. I believe it is, yeah. yeah it's, it's... Okay, so we are on the same ship. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I wonder, how important is data to you personally, Antoine? Is it a fuel of your current job or do you perceive it more like a piece of information or even knowledge? Well, it's, it, it's actually both. Uh... It's it's uh, it's funny that you 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 mention it that way, but it, it's a fuel uh, for the development of, of new algorithm mm -hmm. that we that we try to to implement. Uh, for instance, uh, uh, predicting uh, when and if a patient will stop their treatment too early, yeah, or quantifying the strength of the medication intake habit. So those are all new uh, algorithms, but it's also something we 
we see as a knowledge because at Ardex we've got uh, 35 years of uh, patient medication intakes compiled. So it's about 50,000 patients, data from 50,000 patients. And this, we refer to it as our knowledge base because it's, it's a, a very rich history of, of, of medication, in, of actual medication intake behaviors. And so, for instance, something we are doing with that is just trying to know at what time of the day should you take your medication to make sure that adherence is the best. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. More than 30 years of data, pretty impressive, really. Congratulations on that. <laughs> I wasn't and, there. <laughs> I believe that, yeah. Anyway, you mentioned algorithms, patterns in data. What other challenges are you solving in your job by using data on a daily basis, I mean? On a daily basis, it, it's it's basically measuring a patient's medication adherence. So how their medication intakes correspond to what was prescribed. And then uh, we can go a bit further and, and quantify this uh, using adherence. And there are several methods of measuring measuring adherence, uh, measuring variability, how, how variable is a patient, uh, at what time do, do, do they take their medication, uh, are there interruptions? Are there behavior, behavior changes? And so on. And this is the, the, the kind of data I'm playing with every day. I was I was playing with such data just before our call, yesterday as well. Mm -hmm. This is the data I'm dealing with and, and the, 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 the results and the analysis I'm performing with such data. So data is, is really yeah the, the fuel of my job. Fuel of your job, perfect. And the kind of data in terms of, uh, yeah, you mentioned some dimensions already, but can we return to that? What kind of data do we work with in terms of uh, dynamics, volume, maybe? So dimensions is, is, is very particular because, as I said, it, it's timestamps. Mm -hmm. So there's no y-axis. It's it's actually 0D data. You've got <laughs> just points. Mm -hmm. on, on, on the x-axis, which correspond to the medication intakes, but you, you don't have anything else. So that's zero D data. And it's, it's on the other hand, very, very dynamic. dynamic uh, yeah. I've, mm -hmm. I've observed that uh, changes in medication intake behavior are very frequent. In median, they, they happen about twice a year. So there's some dynamics in, in this even zero D data. And the volume of data can, can be quite high. We've, we've had patient followed up for something like five years. And so if it's one, one medication intake a day, then, then it can be a, a huge amount of, of, of timestamps or no timestamps if the patient was not adherent. Yeah, mm -hmm. interesting. Now, please, if we can go back a little bit to the fundamentals of clinical data management, what tools do you typically use for data management for issues like collection, data warehousing, quality control, or even reporting? We actually have our own medication adherence software, which is called MEMS Adherence Software, uh, which performs all these steps. The, the healthcare professionals can document anything related to the data, like the metadata that I discussed earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, why, why is there an interruption, for instance? And there are uh, inside uh, our software tools for quality control, including, for instance, in, in the case of, of smart medication blisters, tools to check for the correspondence between the physical blister that the patient have in their hands and what's recorded online. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And is there a space in your system or maybe in your 
ecosystem for uh, uh, electronic data capture, the basic system for a CRO. I mean, it is a system which is maybe able to control the data quality by using some kind of new machine learning algorithms. Yes, I, I have not been involved in such, in such projects, but I know that our software has been collected to several EDC uh, systems, yes. Mm -hmm. For more aggregated uh, view on the data and probably also flagging anormal data, yeah. Okay. Very often our guests uh, in this podcast show talk about the phenomenon of people side of data. What factors of the clinical data management are more important for you, Antoine? Is it the people, I mean, the experts in data management or rather the software tools which you discussed? Well, I'll say it's the people who develop the, the software tools. As I said, we, we have 35 years of experience in playing with such particular data, which uh, I've mentioned is, is really very, very particular data. And so you need to have special tools to, to analyze this data. And so we, we've had people uh, at Ardex for over 20 years now, I think, who built uh, a sound series of, of algorithms to play on this data. And, and these algorithms are now, are now standard in our, in our solution. And so based on the experience from these people, these algorithms are, are the most important tools to us. Okay, so again, algorithms, data science, and people who who know biostatistics, data science, machine learning stuff. Just something I, I, I wanted yeah. to add. Given that the data is particular, no standard tools can be applied as such to it. It might be different for, for some other areas. Uh, at least it could be for areas I've been in where you can come come up with off-the-shelf software, off-the-shelf algorithm and run them on your data and, and, and be fine, at least for, for a first analysis. Here, I have never heard or seen anything that could apply to, to such very, very specific data. And so everything had to be developed from scratch. So in other words, uh, you say that you need the people, the experts, to tailor the software tools for a specific project. Am I right? Um, Depends on, on, on how far the project goes, but now, given the experience, uh, the basic data analysis is, is pretty much standard. We managed to, to, to have something, a set of standard tools, which you can take off the shelf, but it's custom-made mm -hmm. tools. And then if you, if you want to mm -hmm. go deeper in the analysis and then, uh, for instance, link medication adherence to, to outcome variables, uh, then it, it's project specific, of course. Yeah, thank you for clearing that. I hope that we can agree that this uh, medical adherence monitoring is very close to the standard on-site monitoring in clinical trials. Am I right? Well, here the, the difference is that the, with electronic monitoring of medication adherence, the patient is given a, a smart medication package, be it a smart blister mm -hmm. or a smart cap. And then the measure you get of medication adherence is, is much finer than what happens at on-site uh, visits. Yeah, so uh, it seems like very similar to, let's say, difference between on-site monitoring and central statistical monitoring in clinical trials, where we also find a lot of space for data science. Can we talk about the algorithms and the patterns if you connect machine learning into the, let's say, risk-based monitoring in the clinical research, uh, 
can you, in your perspective, achieve very efficient solution to, let's say, detect early problems or data quality issues? Well, yes, this this is what we are trying to achieve. So I, I have no results to, to report on yet. But uh, what we are trying to do is 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 early uh, detect if a patient is going to have uh, medication adherence issues from from for instance the, the first months of treatment. Uh, will there be issues later on in the in the treatment based on on, on the timestamps collected on this period corresponding to to medication intakes. So this mm-hmm. is something we don't we I do with uh, with AI. Yeah. So uh, you are examining the patient behaviors using data, and I have also read your article, originally posted on the Applied Clinical Trials website. Can you give us some details from that work? I mean, maybe the major findings from some kind of project, if you if you are allowed to. <laughs> Yes, sure. Uh, so, so this uh, article reports on, on, a, on a new algorithm that we've developed to uh, split a patient's uh, medication history into stable behaviors. Because as, as I've said earlier, a patient often changes their behavior. And if you don't take that into account, uh, you are going to compute an average of medication adherence. So for instance, let's say I'm a perfect patient, but I once took a two week holiday and forgot to take my pills. Uh, Let's say I was followed up for like, I don't know, three months, four months, my adherence will be something around 80% on average. But if if you uh, go into deeper detail of the data, you will see that it was perfect nearly all the time, except for those two weeks. And so maybe there's no reason to contact me to tell me that I'm not a good patient, not a good adherer, that I should do something because it's already resolved and it's in the past and now I'm back to my normal behavior. So if you don't do that when analyzing my data, you come up with an estimate of adherence around 80%. And the Mm -hmm. 80% is actually sometimes used as a binary threshold to say, Mm-hmm. Patient is not adherent, or patient is adherent, and this is uh, something we we try to 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 fight against because this threshold does not mean anything from a clinical point of view. It's very uh, drug specific, and again, this threshold does not take into account all the diversity of behaviors that a patient can have uh, during the follow up. Sounds great. So, uh, in fact, you are on the side of the patients, on the side of the subjects in the clinical studies, right? And this is also in your vision. I was very curious about how the patient empowerment can be enhanced with your solutions. And now it's, uh, it's more clear to me. So, yeah, patient empowerment. I like So, it. related to patient empowerment, we are also working on a mobile application dedicated to patients so that they can see their data and eventually correct them if they're wrong. So the patient now has the opportunity to themselves read data from their smart medication package and see how it looks like and see if they've been adherent and see if their uh, variability, see if they are missed those, for instance, uh, set up reminders. So this is also all about uh, patient empowerment. Mm -hmm. While remaining as least obtrusive as possible. 
we do not want to harass people, harass patients, and tell them, take your medication, take your medication, take your medication, and harass them until they take them. The goal is to measure for us. Yeah, and I, I believe that if you equip your patients with those kind of apps, uh, in fact, you are doing something to enhance their adherence without uh, bothering them with some alerts, etc., etc. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the I goal like that, that we pursue, yes. Mm -hmm. And now, Antoine, let's relax the interview a little. I'm sure that our listeners love this section of each episode the most. Would you mind sharing with us any experience with fuck-ups in data management from which we could learn? I mean, some stories or cases in which data management was mishandled or even neglected. Yes, I, I remember. So again, I wasn't there, but I, I remember from, from the... the uh, hearing from the people who, who have been at Ardex for a very long time, hearing a, about a very specific story. In a multi-site study, uh, some basic uh, machine learning clustering analysis uh, did reveal that a site, a very specific site, was a, a clear outlier. And when looking at the data from all patients in this site, they were all perfectly regular, all taking their medication at the same time, which we sometimes call as a Swiss train, so every day yeah. or taking the medication at the very same time. And what was even more weird with these patients is that patient number one and patient number two all, all took their medication around the same time. And so this was identified by by some preliminary analysis of the data. And so what happened after investigation is that the electronic caps to put on medication mm -hmm. bottles were actually never given to patients. They were kept by a nurse in her office. And every day at a specific time of the day, the nurse opened each cap one at a time to make sure that patients had perfect medication adherence. Mm, so the data were in fact falsified. Yes. So that's even worse than uh, than wrong data management. Yeah. yeah, that's even worse. Yeah, but anyway, the the good news is that we have data management solutions to uncover such bad behaviors. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah uh, there was a good end, not bad end. Yeah. yeah, fine. So I think Antoine. We can conclude this episode with saying that uh, data quality, both in clinical research and healthcare, uh, has a crucial role. Data quality related issues such as high proportion of missing or inaccurate data, or now even falsified data, can bring uncertainty to the final analytics, slow workflows, generate extra manual task work, and thus increase research costs. Can we agree on that? Absolutely, 100%. And also the good news that uh, there are the tools and solutions on the market, for example, the ones delivered by Ardex Group or by IBA, the host of this podcast show, of course. Antoine, thank you very much for your time and for your insights. It was a really big pleasure to have you here and I'm sure that we will hear a lot and read about your future advancements, not only in medical adherence. Thank you very much. It was really interesting.
You are welcome. Many thanks also to you, our listeners, for being with us. And together, let's look forward to the next episodes with our high-level guests, who I believe represent an inspiration for the clinical data management community. With the upcoming guests, we are going to explore other sides of clinical data management and uncover new challenges for this field and how we can manage them. I am Daniel Schwartz and this is the Clinical Data Management Best Practices podcast program by IBA.